Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. He knows how to kind of be cool. Like, there are moments where you're like, Anthony Mackie's cool. And then you you see them faces he makes and <laughs> the weird stuff he says. And you're like, this nigga ain't cool. He ain't what's cool, man. That? His shoulders are too sharp. Back is yeah. like, what's going on with you, bro? And, like, you doing roles that, like, like yeah, 8 Mile. 8 Mile was the one that was just like, he was on my uh he was on my radar ever since. I was like, something wrong with this nigga, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't trust. I don't, I don't trust, trust Anthony Mackie, and I don't trust nobody who trusts Anthony Mackie. Mackie. <laughs> Facts. Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Mahershala Ali will never be Blade until he's ready to stop paying his taxes. Blade don't pay no taxes, Mahershala. Fuck all them prayers five times a day. You need to be skipping taxes five times a day as far as I'm concerned. That's the way it's got to go if you want to be the next Blade, the next Daywalker, Mahershala Ali. I am your host, Langston Kerman. Uh, Attacking decent people is always good, God-fearing men. I'm coming for their throats unnecessarily. It's how I behave. It's the way I am every week. For you all to keep pretending like you're shocked is really on you. You're the idiots at this point, if this is the way that you've interpreted things. You know who's not an idiot. You know who's not a fool. Who doesn't fall for my shenanigans every week the way you dummies do is my guest today. 
He's phenomenal. One of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite people to just chop it up with whenever we're in the same place. He's so funny. You've seen his half hour on Comedy Central. You've seen him perform on Two Dope Queens on HBO. He's been in all this stuff. He's been on almost every HBO show for like two to three minutes. He broke up that goddamn Succession family. They were a good white family until he got involved. He's so funny. You're going to love him. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Nori David. Hey, gang, 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 Lanks. What's up, baby? What up, dog? <laughs> Happy to be here. How That's you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. That's right, man. That Hershaw, you got can't pay your taxes, my nigga. Like you yeah. got to, like that's why they taking their time on that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's too much of an up, upright citizen, man. It's like God, they dog. need him to to go a couple years without yeah. uh, taxes being paid. Yeah. Blade's a nigga, dog. Like Blade ain't no black man. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> we need that's our only nigga superhero. Like, yeah, he just he out here killing vampires and shit. Not giving Yeah, a fuck. especially after <laughs> that that Falcon Winter Soldier yep. shit where like like Falcon was truly coming as close to cooning as you possibly can. Wow, you just brought me back, bro. I have like <laughs> I had this bit. I started. I wrote a notepad. I didn't bring it back. I really feel like Anthony Mackie was created by Hollywood. <laughs> he was manufactured <laughs> like ever since that shit with Eight Mama nigga. Like he's not a rapper, but we yeah. had so many rappers during that time. And like Jay Z could have walked in. Nas could have walked in, but no, yep. we had Anthony fucking Mackey yeah. sent in from the Hollywood machine, like constructed. Like he was yeah. built. He was like he's a black Ken doll. And and then if you ever heard him talk, you're like, yeah, yeah, who is this nigga? Like, where's he from? Like, who he's ra- so weird. And then he's <laughs> because he's from New Orleans, so so he should be like cool. You know yeah, what I mean? he should like, be look, fucking cool, like Wheezy or something. Like, yeah, if you trust Anthony Mackie, I'ma shoot you. I'm Classic shoot you future right. line. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust him. Shoot him. Speaking of shooting. Yeah, you you came to us with a ooh. This is an edgy conspiracy theory. This is one that uh, it's dealing in the now in a way that yeah. uh, that that is going to be dangerous conversation. But you know what? I'm a bad boy, yep. and oh, there's a lot of puns flying around already. But you said, <laughs> and this is a fun one. You said, "My mama told me." Puffy killed the notorious B.I.G. Yeah, uh, Langston, I will proudly stand on my hill, and I will Whoa. not die unless Puff is, <laughs> Puff is by. <laughs> if Puff is by, and I got a platinum album, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get hit with it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, of course. You, you want me to break it down? What are we going to do? What you yes, do? yes. I, I would love. You're telling me you already believe it. You're in it. I want to know why. I want to know where all of this shit. Break, yeah. break it down. All right, so Ready to Die came out, and then Life After Death. I mean, it's right there in the album, going back to Cali. In the audio skit, Puff is waking up Biggie, and Biggie just like, he just waking up like, yo, I'm up. I'm like, Puff, yo, we got flight to L.A. Like, he's so urgent to get Mm -hmm. him on this flight. (laughs) Whereas, like, any real nigga, just let a nigga sleep. Like, there's so many other times of flights to go. (laughs) <laughs> There's no importance to go back to Cali, but Puff insisted. Like, yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Big, big, get up. He's like, I'm up, uh, up there. Oh, big, Cali. He said, Well, we going Cali? See, now, Biggie didn't even know. 
He even know he was going to Cali, but, but for the right on, they're like, "Yeah, nigga, I got this flight for you. You going, you going to die. I mean, you going to go to, you going to go to Cali." He's like, "What? Wait, what? What? Pa? What?" Like, "All right, Cali." And then he go into the song. So right, that's evidence number one, right there. Like they snitched on themselves, right there. To your to your point, there's something really interesting in the fact that these multimillionaires are so concerned. One in particular is so concerned with the possibility of missing a flight and having to pay a change fee. You know what I'm saying? You've got the money, Puff Daddy. You You can afford... To, to miss a flight because this man was tired from exactly. the night Exactly. And, and I'm feeling that during that time, I guess, all right, we're not private jet puff yet. I guess we like, we rented that video and the hypnotized and then we sure. had to give it back, right? So, okay. Right. So, but yeah, like if you, I don't know, I just don't ever seen or felt a nigga being so urgent you getting on this flight. Like niggas don't wake niggas up to get on a flight. That's wild to me. That's wild. Like why the puff... <laughs> Want him to get on that flight so bad. <laughs> like, Lace, if, if we have a safe flight together, we going somewhere, and then you're not at the gate, I'm going to text you, be like, all right, boom, and then you ain't making it. Like, damn, all right, I guess he'll get on the next one. I'm not going to be like, yo, yo, Lace, <laughs> yo, yo, Lace, get up. Come on, come on, because I need you to get there. And then, you know, we get dressed, and then yep. there's going to be the boxing thing, because you, I can't have you late, because if you're late, then you're going to miss the boxing show. You're going to mix that show. And then you're not going to be in the car at the same time that I need you to get to at that yeah, light. Yeah. And well, the boxing, the, the boxing was was pop. That was I mean, I, I, I was pop. That was pop. Yeah, I was pop. No, nah, but wasn't they, Biggie going somewhere, though? He Biggie was, was coming was, from. And I, this is us jumping a little ahead. But a the, little ahead. The Biggie, right. Biggie was going to a Quincy Jones party. They, they ah. went to a Quincy Jones party that night that was located okay. at what is now, and maybe it was back then, the Automobile Museum in mm. Los Angeles on basically uh, Wilshire and Fairfax. That's okay. where they, they were Got hanging it. out that evening. Okay, so I'm mixing up my... Uh, dead niggas. The, the yes. dead niggas, yeah, <laughs> of the scenes of the car. But Biggie was in that one, so I know that like he was in it, but it wasn't the boxing. Yeah, that was... That was you're correct yeah yes thank you so yeah so the skit tells it and the other one is right after that happened years later there's always this you know life after death ready to die remastered 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 and so bad boy was able to get much more money from his death than him being alive i believe like he and then like you could just hear puff as he raps i mean he wants to beat him so bad. I feel like there's this fetishizing thing of like, I love you so much. Like some Selena shit. Like, I feel like this is our black Selena. Like, yeah. he's, he's our fan, like a fan fan. Like, he would write his raps. And I'm just talking about the energy I felt from the videos, bro. This might sound crazy, but like, I just felt like he's, that Selena shit. Like, I love him and all this shit. And then it's just like, yo, you'll make more money with him gone and like, and like just leave his history right there after life after death and then that's yeah it, bro. i i really feel like he was in he was on it man i really feel I, like he was i on think it. i think that remains one of the the <laughs> mo- most interesting arguments that people make yeah. in relation yeah, to I mean, puff doing the thing is is the fact <laughs> that this dude who otherwise is not particularly talented mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean we're not yeah. talking about a dude who like He's a mogul, sure, yes, but a, what the fuck does that actually mean exactly. when you break it all down? We're talking about this mogul narcissist, man. He's a narcissist. Like, even right now, like, 
he is on like he's starting beef with Jermaine Dupree. Like, leave that nigga alone. Like, dog, like <laughs> what are we doing? But that's Puff. We're like, and I'll be feeling bad for his kids too, because like you're not gonna outshine Puff. Puff gonna puff. And yeah. you can feel that where he's getting to that age, like, nah, nigga, I'm still here. Bad boy all day. Ma 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 ma. It's like, bro, you come on, man. You had your time. You great. Relax. Ha- relax. But no. I can't relax. I can't stop. Bad boy. He says it. I can't stop. Like, he's been yeah, saying yeah. that. And he's literally not stopping. And I feel like he was never going to ever outshine Big. Ever. Right. And, and Big wrote his lyrics and stuff like that. He was always going to be under Big Shadow. So, it was perfect for him to come out in that white and dance. I mean, this thing... I don't know the day of this conspiracy happened, but it was just like... It started clicking le- years later. I mean, I, I did feel sad, like, when Biggie died. When Puff was in white, dancing at the MTV Music Awards, all that, yep. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later on, you're like, wait a minute. So, okay, <laughs> you're you're getting to something I think really important here in terms of your, I guess, tracking your your mm-hmm. memory of this, your experience in this. Yeah. You're saying that it wasn't an immediate conspiracy theory that lived with you. It no. was you you watched this happen, you felt sad. You're from New York. Yeah. So I have to assume Biggie was was a lot. It meant something to you oh in my a God, substantial yeah. way. Yeah, you got Jay-Z, DMX for me, and then you know Big. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so you you've got this iconic mm. person who dies and you're not going like Puff Daddy did that shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, that is not the twist in the beginning. No, the twist comes later. But like, yeah, yeah. you know, the typical mystery movie t- shit. Like, you never expect who's going to be. And you're like, yeah. well, it was your man's right behind you the whole time, nigga. What? Yeah. That, so, yeah, it came later to me. You know, with you and your homies, you and your niggas just chopping it up. And then <laughs> me and my boy kept, like, playing that skit over. Because like, I was, I think it was 2014 when I was about to do my first album, Home Game. And... I was just listening to like mad hip hop skits and then that one and we used to always reenact it like yo, I'd be like, yo, oh get up, nigga, get up. You gotta go to Cat, I gotta kill you, nigga. And then like <laughs> I gotta kill you, nigga. <laughs> I gotta kill you, nigga. And then he okay, said okay, it. I'm hurrying. Yeah, all right, hurry. I'm, 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 wait, what puff? What? Nah, I'm asleep, nigga. I'm asleep. <laughs> nah, 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 like, yeah, we, yeah, we joking, just like how me and you and joking. And I think it maybe it carried into the barbershop, but like he was also my homie was strong on the opinion also. And I was just like, yeah, that shit clicked, bro. And I was just like, yeah, this this nigga killed this nigga. Then I'm just kept then I just kept watching Puff's moves after that and you know his narcissistic yeah. behavior. And I'm like, ah, I mean, how are you gonna find somebody that's not like they never found no killer? Same thing with um Tupac. T- still to this day, they're still doing movies about it. like I, there was one with Forrest Whitaker and Johnny Depp. That was one. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to watch that on the plane. I was just like, what is this? Langston, what? <laughs> Well, what it is, is you getting two uh, stars in the twilight of their careers <laughs> attempting to revitalize their image in Hollywood for different reasons. Yeah. Johnny Depp has burned quite a few bridges and Forrest Whitaker never, he never fixed that eyeball. And Hilarious. I guess they both <laughs> felt like they needed to do something different in in whatever they, this was. He's but like, I'm it, more than the Godfather of Harlem. I could do this still. <laughs> <laughs> and Holly was like, nah, man, just, yeah, here, we got a Biggie story for you. You want a Biggie yeah, Tupac story? Yeah, I, I didn't finish the film, but. Good for you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Do, like, it was just another unnecessary angle. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like, shit, the, the killer's right there, man. I mean, yeah, Puff got Mary J. Blige, but he never had, like, Mary was never a threat to him. I don't know. Right. You know, and, you know, we're stand-up, so we always feel that energy from the OGs of, like, that whole Black male 
only one Highlander energy. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like that type yeah. of shit. That's why I always fuck with you and, and like Sam and everybody else. Like, cause I always felt like, hey, we in this together. We having fun. And then you go to them niggas like, shit, nigga, you know, I'll cut your goddamn throat, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I do think that's something <laughs> worth articulating, I guess, to our audience a little bit that like, okay. There is a a culture, particularly I would say, I'd say it's in comedy in general, but yeah. I think black comics, because there are fewer of us, we feel it probably more prevalently than than even our, our white counterparts do of just like you think that this is a community you think you're building yep. and and growing next to people and there truly are motherfuckers out there who want to see your downfall and, pray and, and make pray. it known at every turn yes given the and yeah pun intended that pray for my downfall that's right there on life after death yeah, <laughs> Biggie, Biggie, right there. Yeah, so I won't name names. I guess I'll be nice today because I love naming names. I don't give a fuck. But there's <laughs> multiple stories of older comics blowing up the stage and then introducing the next comic like, "Hey, nigga," and then letting them go. Yeah, and that is, and that's been, ha- and I'm talking like kings of comedy, Def Jam days, and yes. you know, it still happens to this day. The comics, and so to give your audience some backstory, like there's that energy of like. Who's this little nigga coming? Because they're going to take everything that's supposed to be mine. One of know. my, uh, you know, Boston is a, is where I I cut my teeth, at least uh, for a few years in comedy. I don't like to give Boston very much credit, but I, I did spend you. some time there doing comedy. And one of the there's not a lot of black rooms in, in Boston. <laughs> it's just a white city. So yep. that means that comedy tends to be pretty white out there but there is one black room in particular that everybody tries to play or figure it out whatever and the first time i went down there i've been doing comedy for years at this point mm-hmm. went down there introduced myself to the dude who runs the room i go yo i've heard a lot about this place i want to get up what can i do he's like man i'll put you up tonight <laughs> you know he's grilling me he's doing the whole thing but yep. he's making it seem like i'll take care of you you know we'll yeah. see what you got whatever mm-hmm. and then introduced me after like 20 minutes of hosting where it was just him telling people to shut the fuck up <laughs> like not in a fun silly way but just yep. like bombing yep. and scolding motherfuckers yep. but then introduced me as your first comic has never done comedy before wow uh, yep. let's see what there you can is. do Ooh. and then fuck and not even my name correctly yep. you know they didn't say my exactly name give the blanks and merman yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and then so now you got niggas always like merman what the fuck is merman nigga like <laughs> setting you up to fail like you oh people understand that we try to describe that energy you're like yeah why y'all why y'all doing me like, this? <laughs> like what yeah. did i do to y'all niggas like what who hurt y'all fam and like I heard a story, but go ahead, continue, continue. I got to hear this. No, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay, it's, and it's yeah. not one of those things where it's like, I showed up with a, a disrespectful energy. Yeah. I showed up an hour <laughs> earlier. I shook your hand. I, I had a drink with you. You know what I mean? We did I the bought thing. snacks. Does anybody yeah. want a snack? <laughs> like, <laughs> niggas is like, fuck this. Like, and they probably like try to get on your skin color and shit. Like, it's of that course. type of energy, bro. It's like, I can't. So, yeah. So, I feel that energy from puff i mm-hmm. i always felt that even like the whole source awards you know you have those are the two titans puff and biggie going against shook and Pac right there like that was just the clash of the titans and you know we're talking 90 so I, I think i'm in family matters this is all later when i'm like oh look at the source magazine i'm reading maybe right. and um and looking at youtube and stuff and hearing from like niggas in the barbershop 
But like, yeah, I was like part of Family Matters. So I didn't know. But <laughs> but again, like you just start investigating. Like you just become this small little detective. Like, mm, okay, clock that. You start clocking yep. things. So I was clocking his energy. And then every other, I'll say every, what, four, three years, there was a remastered version of Biggie's album. <laughs> yeah, and, if, and if it wasn't a remaster, it was like Puff doing remixes where he was like using old Biggie verses yes. and throwing them on with new people. And it's like, yeah, hey, you getting a lot of money I, here, big, big man. So much. You hear me? So mm-hmm. much. It's the same thing where it's happening right now. Like where whoever's in charge of Pop Smoke, you know, like putting yeah. his verses on stuff. I'm like, and I love that tattoo that, oh, uh, what's his name? You know, what I'm talking about like the multiple talented nigga. Silk, Silk, Silk Sonic. The oh, yeah, One half yeah, of yeah. Silk Sonic, him. Uh, like, Anderson Pack. A- Anderson Pack, thank you, man. Uh, yes, like where he was like, if I die, leave my shit alone, right? Like, <laughs> something like that. Like, I'm like that too. Like, I always record every set. I'm like, just leave my jokes there. Don't, new Nori Davis. And I'm like, this nah. nigga died five years ago. <laughs> Why he got another hour coming out? I'm like, somebody on my side, greedy, please get them. It's like, just you be... have permission to come to the house? Like, yeah, I'm going to need y'all to stop this. It's just going to be clips of you being like, so, so where the ladies at? <laughs> we got any birthdays in the house? Where the ladies at? Where the, where the, where, man, women with their toes, right? Don't they have their toes out? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I give you permission on this podcast to shut that down. You can play it for whoever in my family or friends. <laughs> Get my shit. But um, yeah, so Puff is narciss- narcissistic energy and that audio's get a big not waking up <laughs> and like yeah. about to miss his flight she just let a nigga miss his flight maybe it'd be a different time maybe maybe he would miss his quote-unquote death you know yeah i think that's basically where i stand at emotional well, <laughs> that oh yeah and the albums and i think yeah so yeah well let me ask you this and, mm-hmm. and i'll ask you this before we we go into break okay you, you're saying you you definitively sort of landed on this is has there ever been anything that you feel like Puff has done in the time since you sort of landed on this theory that besides the making the money over and over again off of Biggie's mm-hmm. name that has felt like a a clue? You know what I mean, like a Mister Policeman. The clues were all there, kind of energy that yeah. that he's left behind. I think what probably just comes to my head right now, like the typical. Anything his mom needs, I got you, but it still feels cold. It's kind of like, you know, that uh, that cold killer shaking your mom's hand, like, you know, I got you, Miss Yeah, everything you need. And, yep. you know, you look at his hand, it got big blood on it. I don't know. I felt that <laughs> energy. <laughs> I felt like, because every time Big Mom talks in the interview, she's like, you know, Puff? Like, she doesn't really get on with, like, what Puff is doing for her, but, you know, she's just doing what she's supposed to do, like, just talk about her son and his legacy and that so that that kind of gave me a little trigger of like eh, I don't know man I don't I don't feel the genuine love that he has for Big's mom or who who am well, I to question it but I'm just saying like the energy I I clocked well, as a detective I would get into it I will say that that sort of to that point one of the things that I've always clocked with the way that people have talked about Big is there's like four or five different dudes who would be like, Big was my best friend. Mm-hmm. That was my best yeah. friend in the entire world. Yeah. And you've never once heard Big say that about any and, of these nah. dudes. <laughs> Yo, but he was all up in the interviews too. He never talked about the biggest. <laughs> yeah, he was never like Puff is, he would say Puff is my man. Yeah, That's my, my man. man. Yeah, he put me on. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah, because you're right. Thank you. Yeah, because Big was all about the hustle. He's like, I don't even fuck about rap. Like, 
And he was hustling. Then Puff was like, gave him a way out, you know? And he was like, all right, let's do this shit. Then his mans was like, really, his right hand man was like, Little C's. And Little C's be yeah. like, he's like quiet in interviews. I don't know. There's something there that like, Little C's be looking scared to me in interviews. Like, don't say no shit, bro. Like, <laughs> you, 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 chill. Like, whatever, maybe Puff got you on. You know, we're going to Puff got him but on again, payroll Lil something. C's, Lil C's is a bad boy artist. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some version of the money that he he still is collecting on yep. on the couple of songs that he had that he's like, oh, man, like, I love Big, but yep. I can't I can't starve in, in my man's memory. Like, I, yeah. I got to do what I got to do and shut the fuck up. Because a nigga going to be a nigga, dog. You know that shit. Like. I, I can. <laughs> they they say that too, and you can see that energy of like, man, a nigga will trade in your mama for two dollars. Like he'll trade in his own mama for two dollars. Like I heard that, and I seen that energy. I grew up with that. I, I know them homies. Like that again. That's his like same energy. We're like, I gotta stay away from that, man. Like, damn, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to see niggas' teeth and smile and let them have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a good time. Like I just tell jokes, baby. That's it. Yes. Damn. Yeah, all right. nothing from Kim though. Nothing from Kim. I, I think no, that's Kim, all genuine. I just I feel for like I feel for she her. She changed life. her whole face just to make sure we couldn't tell what her reaction was. Hilarious, <laughs> Ex- bro. You stupid. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for that because that's all Biggie's fault. Because you know he that's all Biggie's fault. He, hey, he loved. We Kim. didn't say he was a good guy. Exactly. Just a, we just a yep. man who was murdered. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm done. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Nori Davis and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Nori Davis, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about that that yeah. alleged murderer, Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> alleged. Alleged murderer. Underline italic. <laughs> <laughs> and his relationship to the notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. I think we need to jump into some of this research because yes. you've already laid the groundwork for some of the conversation. But I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the things that that I sort of dug up as as mm, I, I would say support okay. of of your conspiracy. Theory. Really? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th- okay. None of this is working against you. I okay. Would, wow. Say. See? Yeah. See, man, niggas feel it, man. Niggas <laughs> feel it in the air. <laughs> niggas feel it, dog. All right. Let's see. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, uh, March 9th, 1997, Biggie is killed in a drive-by shooting. He's in a car leaving a Quincy Jones party following Puff Daddy. Yep. This is a fact I actually learned in a Little C's interview. I'm glad you brought him up. Mm-hmm. But Little C says that as they're leaving the museum where this party is happening, yep. they pull out. They're following Puff. He's in a separate car. Mm-hmm. Puff goes through a light that they don't make. See? And while they're sitting at the light, that's when the shooting happens. Yes. Four shots into Biggie. The last one is supposedly the one that was fatal. And Little C's was in the car with Puff, right? Or was C's in the car I with think Big? C's was I think in the car, the car with Big. Big. Like, he was in the back, though. Yes. And yeah, because the, the driver, I mean, it was a hit. He went right for the passenger side where Big was at. And if you ever, if somebody says, follow me. Yep. And you see it turn yellow. Yeah. And that's your man behind <laughs> you. You stop. Like, every time that always happened, like, hey, my nigga, follow me. Yeah. It's yellow. Like, let me stop so we get there together. Not You don't speed up. And it's Biggie, bro. Like, it's Biggie. (laughs) We're not talking about, like, your uncle. Like, that nigga gonna meet me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigga, he came to Cali. (laughs) Do, you know, Quincy concert. And that album came out, Life After Death, which was, like, bubbling. But... I really feel this shit was a hit. Like, I, I don't know. It was like they were the Martin Luther King and Malcolm of hip hop where these Titans is, is too, we can't have too much of this control. And that's something like, that's a supremacy and that's another thing. But um, yeah, if it, it feels very like in-house of like, nah, man, I'm going to speed up. And then gonna come back with what happened? Oh no! Oh, yo no! <laughs> Shit! Get get him, nigga! What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't All know. Driver, yeah. go around the block real slow. <laughs> yeah, and if I'm if if Lex, if you're big, I'm puff. I'm in the car with you. Yeah. Why? Why am I in a different car? Why? Yeah, you guys aren't the president and the vice vice president. president? Yeah, like <laughs> you, my man's right. Like, but even in the interviews, like Puff put him on, and Biggie's just like you know. He's like in his God element to where he doesn't know he's God. He's just like, 
he just spit, man. Like, he's just telling stories. That's just like, again, I feel like it's that Selena moment of like, he is God and he will surpass me and I must take him down. Yeah. <laughs> I must. Like, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, I yeah that whole car shit. Yeah, that's another one. I did not. I forgot about that. Thank you. Okay, yep. so yeah. yep. so let's take it a step further because okay. apparently there was an officer, a a detective named Greg Hating, mm-hmm. who was assigned to work this case, the murder of Biggie Smalls, for three years. He he investigated the case, and he personally believes that Puffy is responsible for Biggie's death. Yeah, Greg Hating. Greg Hating. Yep. Some. Not great white man, I assume, because he's a cop. But still, he believes that Puffy's responsible. And he's the type of trash white man that doesn't have power to outpower whoever want a big gone. Because white, white men have like that whole, hey, man, sh- shut all this down. Sh- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like right now, like, like Irving's making a good stand, but that white man didn't pull up on him yet. So we're like, sure. look, nigga. <laughs> Remember when you put the hat on on yeah. stage? All that money is ours. So if either you're gonna you gonna get down or lay down. Like, so yes, and I feel like he either got bought out or they they fucked up his evidence. And if you having a lead detective have a fucking hunch on Puff, that's a, thank you for bringing that back too. I, I forgot about that too. I, I should, yes. Well, let's I, let's unpack exactly let's unpack what that. Greg Kading yeah. has to say on this situation. He okay. says, and this is. This is where it gets a little complex in in terms of his uh, quote unquote responsibility as it is as it were in in relation to Biggie's death. Mm-hmm. But he says that Puffy actually paid one million dollars to a crip named Dwayne Keith Keith D was his street name Davis Shit. to kill uh, oh one of your family members uh, <laughs> to kill both Tupac and Suge Knight. He paid Keith D $1 million to have this this hit done. Now, Keith D then offloaded that responsibility. He offloaded that job onto his nephew, another crip named Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, to do the shooting instead. But his nephew only managed to kill Tupac. Shit. So in leaving... Suge Knight alive. Yeah. Suge Knight then, now aware of what's happening, Retaliate. hired a blood named Wardell Pucci Faust. Yeah. For thirteen thousand dollars, he went from one Four million, million to thirteen k. <laughs> wow, niggas can't get shit right with one mil or thirteen k. God, but he only paid thirteen k to kill Biggie, and apparently. 13 was enough That's because enough. Uh, one the of job. them did the, the whole job and the other one did not. Wow. And those guys were ever charged for any of the murders or they were just like in jail and died or something or like they just been quiet? Like, I, Yeah. I so the, great question. So now Greg Kading, that that officer we were talking about, claims yeah. that he actually got a confession out of Keith D. Mm. But because the other two alleged murderers were dead by the point that this confession happened, there was no way for him to bring closure to this story. That basically these dudes died well before any accountability could be met. And Murdered. with only Keith D's <laughs> word and no other evidence, uh, yeah, it to, wasn't to back it up. To, so it was just yeah, hearsay. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. So shit, that even makes me go even deeper. Like, of course, Sugar's going to retaliate off of that. Now, maybe yep. this could be strategic where Puff wanted this to happen, where he know mm. that's going to happen. Where it's like, let me get a hit on them, 
And he probably did not know they were going to miss. But what Crip nigga gets a mill and then passes it down to his nephew? I guess he didn't want to get his hands dirty or, bro, you got a million. Like, this is your job. That was a a weird hang up that I had in the story as well. Yeah. Like, it's a million dollars. And if you are the type of motherfucker that kills people, you ain't, you ain't (laughs) getting million dollar checks in other places. Exactly. Unless he had a conscience and like, I don't want nothing to do with this. Like, is that, is that person alive? Like, I have so many questions, but like. All of it feels, again, all of it is under the story of a hit. A hit. Yes. Right? A hit. That Puff is definitely a part of. Yes. Puffy's responsibility is that he is the original instigator Mm -hmm. of the violence between these two camps. That although, obviously, you know, if you you know anything about the East Coast, West Coast beef, there was violence that happened before where Tupac was shot at the studios where Biggie records. Biggie is there that night. He blames Biggie for what happened. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of violence that happens before this, but none of it is necessarily traceable back to these two camps until, as this officer claims, Puffy decides that he's going to take action. Same building, different levels. Huge misunderstanding, which majority of all how, like, even when I got, I fought niggas in the hood and running, it was like a misunderstanding. Nigga thought I was talking shit and I was not. And there it is. Now we fighting. It's like, nobody's trying to hear nobody out. It's like action. Like, so, yeah, yeah, I do. I kind of do want to plug in, like, maybe a strategic on Puff, like, hey, I could knock out two birds, one stone, get the money. But Mm. regardless, that's just... Yeah, he's in it, man. He <laughs> them them hands got a little blood. They, on them. they, they the definitely, other. man. Definitely look at them the fingernails, man. And he got to live with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got to live with so that. So let's take it a step further because that's not the only quote unquote officer who says this. There's actually. Similarly, a former FBI agent, Phil Carson, claims that the real target for the shooting the night of of Biggie Small's death was actually Puff Daddy himself, Mm. that they were not attempting to shoot Biggie Smalls. They were attempting to shoot Puff, got the cars mistaken, and that's why Biggie Smalls died. Wow. Okay. So then he also claims that when Puffy discovers that this assassination, which was also, as this uh, FBI agent claims, brought on by Suge Knight, when he finds out that this assassination was was aimed at him, he gets terrified that the information might come out, and he then pays off a number of LAPD officers to make sure that the case was never properly solved. Holy shit. See, dog, this is blowing my mind, though. Wait, let this, let this marinate. Okay. So... <laughs> Because I can, I can see Puff as the narcissist he is. Yeah. Of like, I already know how people going to take this. Yeah. And I need to do this MTV fucking awards dance. I can't yeah. do the dance. <laughs> when niggas is in the audience like mumbling like, mm, I, don't, I don't know, nigga. Nah, I don't know. You paid old cop, nigga. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he up there step by step. I already bought the white suit. Like, exactly. What you want? What you want? So, right? That's so dirty, Langston. Oh, I need a shower. Fuck, bro. <laughs> who does that, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. So he's, so you have somebody who's panicking, racing their tracks. And we talking yep. FBI. Like, you, we all seen the documentaries of what they did to King. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? So they they do not fuck around on their tracks of what they're doing. Like, the, the, 
the house of Hoover. Fuck. <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe these guys, man. Why would these white guys lie? Why would they have to cover anything up? Like, we're past, we're, we're like 30 years after the whole 60s and racist Hoover. Now, these are like, these are <laughs> FBI agents like, all right, let's do a job. Let's do our job. <laughs> right? mm. let's, let me do it the best we can. And, yes, to see that cops were paid off, which they're not going to hold water on some rich nigga. Right. They're not going to hold that much water because it probably wasn't that much money. It's like, Puff ain't mafia. This ain't BMF. <laughs> this right. is like, he, this is bad he has, He's offering a lump sum, some, which yeah. is not going to solve their problems for the rest of their lives. Not at so. all. It's just like, hey, you buy your wife, you know, a nice dinner or some shit. Or maybe like a car. Like, <laughs> here, here's a new Ford, ex- Ford Explorer. You heard of Shake Shack? Yeah. You're going tonight. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, the new cheesecake just opened up. Take your wife. <laughs> oh, man. I just feel so filthy, man. Fuck, bro. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so let's take it a step further because Ooh, we've only been more. talking about white guys yep. up to this point. Mm-hmm. There is, in fact, another person, a former bodyguard of Puffy named Gene Deal. Here we go. Who also claims that he heard Puffy say that in a conversation relating to to sort of the building violence of the East Coast, West Coast beef that Puffy says he doesn't give a fuck if Pac dies. He doesn't give a fuck if Big dies. Something has to change. This Come is on. a direct quote. Come on, dog. And that's the bodyguard. Them niggas ain't lying. They write bodyguards are the little flies on the wall that people think they not listening. Big ass flies, but they little huge. <laughs> Exactly, you stupid. Yeah, exactly, bro. My nigga. Oh God. And then it just always brings me to that video that everybody's sharing on Twitter, Instagram of Puff going, "I get what I want. I'm a fucking mm-hmm. monster. I get what I want." And he got it. Yeah, he got it way before that shit. He got it. I'm gonna fuck. But yeah, he's a plain narcissist, my nigga. I'm sorry, like. If I go to that party and I meet him, I'll be faking shit, like shake his hand, like whatever. But like, no, matter of fact, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I don't think I even want any of that energy. I'm lying. <laughs> I'm lying. I don't know, man. I'm on the back. I up. think we're all morally compromised. <laughs> yeah, <some> right? <laughs> yeah, morals versus money, right? Like, it's like, hey, what what, what hell am I going to stand on? Like, in the spirit of Biggie, or is it just like, you know, we, ju- we just talk shit on this, we talking on the podcast. Great episode so far. I love this. Uh, but yeah, it's see now look, I'm questioning my morals right now of like going through You're that. Torn. I'm so torn. But because like you think about your own career and everything, but then it's also like, nah, man, like there's evil there. Like even when you go to LA, that like, you know, I don't know if you feel as Langston, like it's that energy of like, I will kill any nigga here to get what I need. Yeah. <laughs> Like, lucky for you, you got a wife, you got your child, you got love. You got a nice love house. Like, if you have sure. that, you're protected. But I feel like single niggas and ladies and anybody, they just like, I will slit. What I got to do? I'll cut, I'll cut your leg yeah, off, You know what I'm saying? To get in this motherfucking door. This yes. door, this Hollywood door. And that's why, like, I couldn't really, like, fuck with L.A. like that to stay live over there. I can feel that energy in the air. Ugh. Yeah, so, yes. Yes, I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, we can break down what he said. Like, yes, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, like I said, like <laughs> So additionally, and, and, and this is uh, not necessarily evidence in relation to to Biggie himself, but there is other evidence of Puffy in morally compromised positions. I think we would be 
doing ourselves a disservice not to talk about the the Shine incident, yes. right? Ooh. Shine is the biggest rapper under Bad Boy, the next Biggie Smalls, as they're sort of like trying to to coin him in the the early 2000s. And then when they go to, uh, what is it, New York, Club New York, that's Club what New York. it's called. Yeah. They go to Club New York, they're hanging out. Puffy gets into an, and this is according to Shine, years after he went to prison for basically yeah. shooting up a nightclub. He looks like a politician but, now, right? That, that, yeah, he's, Did this story he, come out when, like, when he's a politician stuff, or this is like when he was still like kind of rapping, right? No, this is post-rapping. This post-rapping, is him okay. just talking to Fat Joe on like some Instagram shit. Got but you. he basically says in the interview that the entire incident was mostly instigated by Puff. Mm. That Puff had issues with two dudes, two Brooklyn-based dudes who Shine knew to be real motherfuckers named Scar and Nino. Nigga. Not good names. No, nigga, we talking, have... we talking Lion King characters, nigga. <laughs> what? <laughs> We talking like that scar and the hyena, nigga. Now <laughs> we got real life versions of them out in Brooklyn. Yeah, they they bout that noise. They want and the that, smoke. <laughs> and that was Shine's point about these guys. He knew these guys. He was actually cool with these dudes. That mm. he he had a a relationship with these guys. But Puffy got into it with these guys, presumably over something that he still doesn't exactly know. And then when guns got drawn. Shine pulled out his weapon in self-defense, basically, as he put it, in fear of his own life and started shooting, not because he was on some gang shit riding for Puff, but more like truly did not know that he was going to survive that evening. Shit. And Puff, as you may know, then after the incident, opted to get a separate lawyer to be tried separately from Shine to basically separate himself as much as possible from what at uh, nearly days before had been the largest artist on his label. Bro, we see the, you see the track record. This man is good and like low-key sloppy at cleaning up his mess and Mm -hmm. making it seem and coming out the victim. Yes. Signs of a narcissist, my nigga. Like, he's a huge narcissist. I, I can yeah. see it. I know them signs. And he, uh, and like, Shine is not one of them. There's other coins that just got thrown into the goddamn well. Like, G-Dep, you know, R.I.P., he gone. And mm-hmm. like, what happened to his career? Shit, the whole um, Loon, 112, 112, Black, Rob. Black Rob, all that, man. Like, anybody that signed with him, shit, the locks had to like, almost whoop this nigga ass to get out the contract. <laughs> the locks is too, it's too many niggas, so he can't c- kill the clean that all like, up. He's like, yeah, I can't get it. It'll be, it'll be them too messy. Let him go. And, and they yonkers, they crazy. I can't let them yonkers niggas, like, let them go. But he he probably would have done some grimy ass shit, but, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's, is that the one with um Jennifer Lopez too? Like she got yes. mixed up in with that, right? J-Lo yeah. was hanging out that evening, uh, when the incident transpired, Puff grabs her hand, runs her out of the club. Uh, it is also what some claim is the uh, the initiating dog. incident for their breakup. That's why. That's why J Lo with Batman. That she's scared. She would. Yeah. She would Batman dog. It's like I'm gonna go and stick with these uh, these these whites. These, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with Ben Affleck. <laughs> these Dunkin' Donut whites instead of these uh, mm-hmm. rat-a-tat-tat blacks. You know, <laughs> rat-a-tat-tat. Bro, yeah, man, yeah. Okay, 
The last piece of evidence that I'll bring up to you, and this is less evidence and more just sort of um, a logical progression to to some of what may have uh, ultimately landed on Puff's decision to end Biggie Small's life. There are some who argue that because of the change that Puffy saw coming in Big's career, as if you're a big fan, you know that after Ready to Die, he more or less had started to transition out of the gangster rap Mm -hmm. phase in his life. He was less interested in sort of making the same kind of music, making the same kind of moves, being the same kind of hustler, street dude that he was previously, and much more interested in making positive, uh, as close to positive as a nigga from Brooklyn could make at that time. And so Puff theoretically is beginning to see the transition in Biggie Smalls and says that "Mm, I'm not 100% convinced that this is going to be profitable. Mm. It might be more profitable to end his life before he turns into this new (sighs) God-fearing man and thus does so and uh, keeps him at the stage that he left off at. See? Yep. Yeah, man. I mean... Mike drop. What more can I say, dog? I mean, he's a he's a huge narcissist narcissist planner, and he can manipulate he can manipulate his ass off. He manipulate the public and hide his evidence so much to where the public opinion will never be against him, and it hasn't. So now we have now we, me, you, and everybody we're conspiracists, black conspiracists. But it's just like, bro, thing it's in the pudding, baby. It's right there in the pudding. <laughs> but he even knows that, too, that it's so far down the line. Like, yeah, those two guys are dead. So that guy's just hearsay. The security guard, like, he probably can't. He quoted, but, you know, who knows what's happened to him. He probably got beat up or something that night for talking shit. Puff, Puff got that reach, man. And he's still on top and remixing Biggie shit. And every goddamn year, we anniversary is his birthday. Anniversary is his death. Huge stream hits, more money in his pocket. Absolutely. It it <laughs> feels like the same way that cities will will literally hire police officers to beat the shit out of black people mm-hmm. and then make a street called Black Lives Matter Mad- Avenue. Oh my god. And it's like I don't know, bro. This yep. feels like. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Fuck You're that not feel. exactly taking responsibility no. for the thing you did. That's why we're so angry. They never take responsibility. All we get is fucking documentaries and street names and money. Yeah. Never a, uh, I am sorry for going mm-hmm. in the house of Brianna Terra, or I'm sorry for even going back to um the guy that was about the Lucas Brothers movie. That brother. Um. Oh, come on. Help. God damn it. Yeah. Shit. Uh, him. What the uh, fuck? Fred yeah, Hampton. Fred ha- Thank you, sir. Thank you. Fred Hampton. Like, <laughs> there was never apology. And, you know, this country doesn't even believe in apologies. That was another thing I, I read up on. They don't, They feel like it's a sign of weakness, even when they're fucking wrong. Yes. So the only sorry we get, which is not enough to help our emotional scars, is an HBO documentary, which who knows if that money even goes to the family. That goes to production as me and you were in TV. So we yeah. know it's not like, hey, we're going to tell your story. And they're like, all right, well, how much is it? Like, no, we're we going to tell your story and we got a buyer. And the buyer paid the crew that did everything. And then that's it. So, yeah. And then, you, you know, that, that family gets sold on awareness. The fuck is awareness going to do when it's no. already a wrap? It's over. Like, my child ain't coming back. Man, fuck this world, bro. But, you know, this is this. Let me. This is good, though. This is good. This is great. There's this, a whole lot of Biggie Smalls murals, not a lot of profit coming not, out of those murals, except for one person who seemed to be making the most money 
a man named Sean Diddy Combs. Can I can I add something else a little bit? Yep. This might be something also where it was not able to clone yet. You know how they say like Chappelle came back. This is the clone Chappelle. Like after he went to yeah, Africa, yeah, yeah. he all diesel, different head and everything. Uh-huh. Maybe in the nineties, they was they didn't have that clone aspect yet. Now this uh-huh. is this is crazy conspiracy shit. Where I'm like, hey, you know, they had to kill him. It had to be an assassination yeah. because you get more money if they gone. Cause right. that you could just see the Godfear, but but hey, if we can like kill him and then put the clone back out there, then now we got. Can you imagine a clone Biggie? Now he's kind of skinnier. He's doing air, he's doing R and B. He's not he's he ain't got no more stories. You nah, like doing slim fast commercials and he up there with Shaq. Uh, yeah, to wear a helmet when you skateboard. He's Hilarious. weird. <laughs> he's so weird. He like Brooklyn's fine. Yeah, like do these brownstones. Let 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 Airbnb. Hey Airbnb, I'm Biggie. And welcome hey. to Besta. <laughs> hey, like, I'm Biggie Small. Shop local. Yep, shop local. And lo- uh, <laughs> eat your vegetables. <laughs> and be quiet. Oh, it's so noisy. Be qu- I don't know why he's telling like, Mom. What, am I, what impression am I doing? Hey, be quiet. Like, who is that? <laughs> I apologize. Uh, that's but, Clone Biggie. Yeah, that, that's Clone Exactly, that's Clone Biggie. So, yeah, that's something further where I think that clone aspect didn't. I don't know, Damn. man. Yeah, because we even, couldn't clone Biggie, and so we had to let him die. They had to let him Damn. die. They had to kill him to get more money. All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Nori Davis and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we are back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're back here with more Nori Davis. More my mama told me. We're still talking about that goddamn killer Puff Daddy. Oh, you murderer! (laughs) (laughs) We need James, but somebody put him in the seat. 
hands behind he your back. He was your friend. Come on, man. <laughs> it was his man's. Oh man. Let's play a game. Yes, we sir. we have a very fun game. This is this is our most classic game on the podcast. My absolute favorite game. It's a game called White, White Lies. Lies. Ugly, mm. you are disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me two hundred dollars. White Lies. It's a fun game, Nori, where I am going to introduce to you a commonly held white conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory that white people tend to believe in quite a bit. And what I would love for you to do is tell me why you think this conspiracy theory is so important to them. What are they up to? What are these sneaky motherfuckers up to? Mm-hmm. You get it? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Hell yeah. Oh, this yeah. one. Oh, boy. I can't remember if we've done this one before. I don't think we have, but it's a big one. It's a doozy. It's one of the most jarring, classic conspiracy theories, I think, that's out there. There are some people believe that the Holocaust never happened, that it is a myth. It is fake. Oh, Why do you think, Nori, white people are so committed to the Holocaust being fake? That is classic white supremacy of not allowing the Jews to have any type of power, just be oppressed from being in the business of America. Because, like, that's what supremacy is, like, straight, white, male, blonde, you know, hail Hydra type shit, my nigga. Like, not even tight. Like, that's (laughs) what they are. And... That's why they had to kill Hitler, man, because he was like, he was fucking up American money. Like, <laughs> mm. America's like, look, I don't care about these Jews, black, like, let's just get this money. Hitler's like, no, everybody must die. And they, like, all right, you got to kill this nigga. He's yeah, wild. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was World War II. But yes, it's the same thing of right now we're going through critical race theory, where they're trying yep. to erase our history of and education. Because they fear that the white kids will get beat up by the black kids if they find out what we really have about slavery, blah, blah, blah. It's not more or less of fear of Jewish kids getting beat up or like them beating up white kids. It's more of like, you're oppressed. We want to let you not, n- niggas know, like, y'all not, y'all not the prophet. Y'all not the ones. So it's a. Oh, okay. So you're not so the ones. In theory. Yeah. If we allow the Holocaust to exist or if we allow slavery to be as extreme mm-hmm. as it, it actually was and the Holocaust to be as violent and horrifying as it actually was, yep. then it does suggest that something is owed to the people who suffered that experience. That's and you're right. saying this is a way of making things more level for the, the white su- the, the yes, whites that, that yes. want to stand supreme. America. Yeah. And like, so if like it never happened. So what y'all talking about? No, you owe <laughs> us because of Hollywood. What do you mean? I owe you nothing. Ain't, what are you talking about? What books is it? It's in the book right there. 19th yeah, yeah, of world yeah. history. Man, nigga, I don't know about that book. I ain't write that book. Right. Who wrote that book? I'm I'm right here standing on the Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah. This is what I believe. <laughs> we got man. we got the Constitution. <laughs> Look at the Constitution. Where, where say that? <laughs> where where right. say it? Please tell me where, where say it. So I don't know what y'all niggas, uh, Jewish people, what y'all talking about. Holocaust never yeah, happened. Yeah. Slavery never happened. Fuck out of here. So it's it's oppression. So like that's why they hold on to it. It's um it's control. So like the white man can still be one. Like look, our founding fathers are still four white niggas up on that rock. Like yeah. they, and that's the thing about supremacy is like yeah they like the ideology of like the white man being the one, but capitalism gonna cap. Capitalism is going to have to do their thing because it's still about making money the most that they can without them working. Sure. And uh, 
being greedy. Yeah, that's and that's, the, that's the makeup and of in our theory, country. <laughs> these word. points of oppression and mm-hmm. violence yeah. are going to hurt their pockets in some kind of way. Yes. This is not a guarantee for being able to make more money if you have to hold yourself accountable exactly. to a race or community that you've uh, caused damage to. Yeah, fuck facing money. Yeah, it's like... um. You know, just like with companies now, like, you're a racist company. It's just like, wait, no, we're not. And then, like, they start losing money. So then they start playing phase. Like, look at us, Chase at, we're at the Pride. Look at us, mm-hmm. our rainbow's here. And it's just like, it's bullshit. It's fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they don't want to, it's just about money. Like, people forget, like, the bus boycott only worked because they was losing money. It wasn't because right. they cared about our skin and our face or, or our life or our humanity. Yeah, they, yeah, they like, weren't getting on those buses and being like, <laughs> Ain't no more black people. <laughs> this ain't right. This ain't right. What we doing, man? This should be. I always love a diverse bus. I'm bus eight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to see Miss Charles in the back. And I tell her, go to the back. And sometimes she does, she doesn't. But, you know, it's color on here. <laughs> now, this is bullshit. We got to change this, Captain. <laughs> no. I'm yeah, not at all. All white buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Niggas was like taking rides. They was walking. For yeah. like months, and then they decide change because they was losing. That's all this country care about, money, bro. So if the Holocaust is real, real, which it is, but if it's like something they have to admit, Jews gonna pull up on some like, no, we want this, we want that, we, and they gonna they gonna get it. I mean, shoot, yeah. in Brooklyn, the Hasidic Jews got like a whole part, like damn near thirty percent of Brooklyn, and they got their own school bus, they own cops, and <laughs> ain't nobody bothering them. So. There's that, you know, there has there been many black communities in one Central Park that have been, but, you know, and that's why that supremacy is holding on to that theory. Damn. Yes, sir. All right. Well, shit. That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nigga, let me spill on my laptop. I ain't see that coming. That's bars, oh, nigga. Shit, Funk flex, baby. I think we did it. I think I think we did the whole thing. This this was a lovely time. Could you tell the people at home where they can find you? What cool shit you have going on? Yes. Yeah. Hit me up on Instagram at Nori Davis. November 5th. I'm in Boston. And check out my latest Tonight Show appearance on YouTube with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Check that out. Hell yeah. Four minutes of funk on that motherfucker. So check that out. Share that. Uh, yeah. And much love, man. Yo, Langston. I love you, bro. You know. You're the only nigga hey, I put man, up I love on. you too, dog. You know that. Thank you for coming through. And yeah, follow Nori. Go check out his Tonight Show appearance. Go go see him live. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And if you want to send us drops, if you want to send us your own conspiracy theories, if you just want to say hurtful things and send it to me personally, you can send it all to mymamapod at gmail.com. I read every email that gets sent, even though I don't respond to quite a few of them because they make me uncomfortable. I am still getting eyes on all those bad boys so i would love for you to send them all my mama pod at gmail.com otherwise bye bitch Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah. Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.